This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to another episode of the One Was Had a Dream podcast. My name is Lee Finch. Uh, unfortunately, Danny Baker cannot join us tonight. He's in his sickbed. Uh, hopefully, he's going to recover very soon, uh, and we wish him all the best. Uh, the guest tonight is the ex-Don's Trust Board member, massive Wimbledon fan, Graham Stacey. Uh, Graham, I usually talk to Danny first about a load of nonsense, but yeah, me and you can do that. Quite easy, I reckon. How are you? You good? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to this bit the most, the, the meandering um, five minutes of whatever. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a big, big week for a different sport this week. I don't know if you're interested in your horse racing. Are you one that takes an interest in Cheltenham at all? I don't at all. I, I mean, I, I remember the uh, I've been following Carol Borderman talking to Matt Hancock, and that was quite good. And I remember that guy dropping his um, his cup of what's it? Over the people's heads down below, and that's about it. I'm not. I'm not into horses at all. No, yeah, oh, see, I love Cheltenham. I think it's brilliant. I think it's like the the best horse meeting there is. And I, do you listen to talk sport at all? Or do you listen? I've got and, to say, uh, actually, I love talk sport. Don't know. Uh, I'll say that. Now. <laughs> yeah, we have to say that now. But no, I, I listen to it in the morning. And I love Alan Brazil. Like he's there all week, and there's kind of bets going on if he's going to make it to the end of the week because he he obviously likes to drink. So he's there meant to be there five days, and normally. They lose him on the last day or something, or he just doesn't turn up and he's smashed. But one of our friends, I don't know if you know, do you know Gary Saxby? I think you do, don't you? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. He used to Gary. play for the team. For yeah, the... he used to play for the sports. One of yeah. the worst players to play for the sports team yes. ever. Yeah, one of the worst players ever. Well, he's a massive tipster. He used to tip all the time, but his tips are the worst tips ever. There's a geezer called Steve Murphy. Uh, he, he gives me better tips than Gary. But Gary's Irish, so it's like the Irish versus the English with regards to horse racing as well. So there's a lot of Irish trained and then English trained. So me and Gary always have a little competition because Gary's big Irishman, me being the Englishman, I like to give him a little bit of stick now and again. But I was going to say, is there any time you've, you know, like I was saying about Alan Brazil, 
Yeah. Any time have you ever done that? Not just rung and sit, but you just like it's been on like, like massive stag do or something, and you've uh, yeah disappeared. <laughs> I don't repeat them necessarily. I once woke up under a van. That was uh, that was a good one. But um, yeah, it wasn't on a work day. <laughs> It was, it was yeah. no the weekend, so yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> we don't need much more detail on that one. <laughs> I was gonna say because I said I think it's brilliant. I listen, make sure I listen every week, like definitely Cheltenham week. And I said Alan Brazil, he, he does five days, and there's always better. And he never gets sat though. He never, he just doesn't turn up one of the days because he's been drinking Guinness or, do you know what I mean? He's off his head all week, and then yeah, he just doesn't turn up on the Friday. And yeah, everyone just goes, yeah, that's Alan Brazil. I'd love to do that though, just not turn up. I mean, a bit like Danny on this podcast, really, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? No, he's probably... What's his uh, What's his excuse? What's uh... he, he reckons he's ill. <laughs> he's ill this week. To be fair, I was ill the other week, so he, he, I let him off. But yeah, I reckon he's probably had too many Guinnesses and uh, lost yeah. all his money to Gary Saxby's tips. So. <laughs> yeah. Right. Get well, see, I'm not very good at the old first five minutes. Danny usually does that. He talks to me about some nonsense that he spoke to at his school or so because he goes to a. He's a middle class school, so he's got all them kids te- like teaching him how to speak. Really, so it's a bit different. This, but yeah, we'll we'll roll on and we'll talk okay. about. We'll have to talk about Doncaster and. Oh. oh. So Doncaster, we lost two one. Mm. Uh, your first thoughts? Did you did you see the game? What do you? Yeah, think? yeah, yeah. On on TV, whatever. Um, I don't do away games generally, so uh, I watch them all on. I think I've missed one game. I go to most home games, but I uh, watch most home away games on the telly, on the iFollow. Um, and, oh, there's, you know, it's one of those times where you want your £10 back and stuff. <laughs> and the 90 minutes of your life back, it wasn't uh, it wasn't good viewing, really, was it? It was, um, I think, the way we set up, it was never going to be good. As soon as, you know, Ali Alhamadi was on the right wing, glued to the touchline. It was like, remember, we put Lyle Taylor on the on the right wing and said, don't move away from the line. And yeah. it was, and everyone was saying, but he's a striker, he'll score goals. And we, we put him in the forward, in the centre forward position and he scored goals. And it was exactly, it felt like that again. And it's like, it's like Harry Kane taking corners at the World Cup or the Euros. It's like, why? why? I, it's one of those things I'll never understand. So we've put our, you know, the, the division's hot, hottest goal scorer and told it, we've got him and told him to stick out wide. And I, I'll, I'll never understand that. Very, then, yeah, very weird. Like, uh, Obviously, we were lucky to score. Josh Davison's goal was a, a, a keeper. We said on the debrief that if that Nick Zan ever made a mistake like that, everyone would be going mental. And I think Doncaster fans are pretty similar with their keeper. Uh, yes, yeah, so we got lucky there. I was very yeah. surprised to see five subs again. Do you know what I mean? Very, I know we recalled our players and we'll talk about Newport in a minute. But yeah, it seems very amateurish that we couldn't fill our bench, even with taking a couple of youth team players just to give them the experience of travelling with the first team. What, why are we doing that? Or do you? Th- I mean, I think it's a message. But what do? You, what? Why? Well, some people have said that to me. Do you think it's a message Johnny Jackson sending to the fans or to the board? But for me, I just think we haven't got the players. We we're so threadbare. We haven't got. Yeah. We were so injury prone. Like we got no uh, Brown at the moment. Uh, I do what I think. I t- we talk about this at the end, really. But Pierre's just been called up for. Good yeah. or who I can't I can't remember who he plays for, but he's just been called up for national duty. Ali's been called up for national duty. So if the game don't get called off against Barrow, we are really struggling for numbers. We've got Will Nightingale as the only fit centre back. So yeah, it's a struggle at the moment with injuries. I think I also a lot of our youth team, uh, a lot of our players are on loan. You think yeah. Morgan Williams, uh, Bendel was? I, I 
some people said, do you think it was a message? I thought I'm not a hundred. I think it might be 50, 50. I just don't think we got the players to fill a bench at the moment, which is again, massive for Craig Cope to start finding squad players. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to see some players who weren't playing just on the bench, just for an experience, you know, get an under 18, put him on the bench, just for the experience. You're not going to break him by doing that. You don't want people missing games if they could get full games and stuff, but you think there must be someone. And I, I did wonder if it was a message to say, hey, look, I can't even fill a bench here. And it's kind of getting the excuses in early, but maybe that's a bit harsh. I'd like to think that's harsh. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I'll go with your question. I'm not, yeah, as I said, if you look at our squad at the moment, and as I said, the squad that we took to Newport was three youth team players on there that would should never be, other than Alfie Bendel, the other two shouldn't be near our first team at the moment. Uh, what do you think of the Chisley? I thought people are quite, I'm very harsh on Chisley normally. I'm, I'm not a big fan of his. I don't think he's that good. I think he's quite overrated at Wimbledon. But I think it's quite harsh of people to say that he should have moved that away of that shot or, do you know what I mean, got a better connection on it. It comes at him at pace. I think he just tries to touch it so it goes in. Uh, and people are calling it like proper going mental about it. I, I, what do you think of that chance? I mean, Chis Chislett generally, I think, looks knackered. I think him and Woody. Woody looks a bit injured and knackered. Davison has looked injured and knackered. And Chislett probably looks knackered to me. I'm wondering if he had the energy. No, 96th minute, wasn't it? I wonder yeah. if he had the energy to get out of the way. <laughs> you know, he's out on his feet. Um, I think it's a bit harsh to... You know, he has been slated, hasn't he? And I think that's a bit harsh. Um, uh, yeah, it was going... It was pretty... It's a pretty... Um, quick, the move, the ball was moving pretty quickly, wasn't it? it that's what I mean. It came at him at pace. Like Jana gets a good, it goes in if if uh, it moves out of the way. But then, yeah, you, you're 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 talking milliseconds to get out of the way of a, a shot and, coming at that power. I just yeah, I think people were quite harsh on him on that. And you don't want to be ruining things like that in the ninety whatever minute because you know we've played Marsh at right wing back. We've played a sort of five two two one. We've put our, our striker out on the wing. And and we're playing players, yeah, who are looking not not 100%. And to then go, oh, well, we nearly scored in the 96 minutes. Like, yeah, we had 96 minutes against a pretty poor team yeah. to do something. And I think the way we set our stall out, it didn't inspire me. That's why this league really annoys me, because there's no good teams in it. Or in <laughs> are okay. I think we've beat, we played them really well uh, twice. And yeah, Doncaster were poor, I thought. After the game, I was bit, I was really disappointed in uh, Johnny Jackson. His interview, I, I I've raised with Chris and said I thought his questioning wasn't great. To be fair, saying oh, about the last chance and how we missed out on a point because to be fair, we've had two shots in the whole game. Josh Davison's lucky dribble that's gone in, and then the shot that Janna's had that we just talked about, and then uh, Johnny Jackson saying well, he thinks we we probably deserved a point at the end of the game and we played well second half, but I thought we were awful all game and I think he's just I don't know I think that's where fans are getting really annoyed with Johnny Jackson at the moment with some of the, the delusional talk that he's coming out with after the games I think it's um, on the one hand it's you know Glynn did this when we went on a bad run did the same he sounded a bit like he was watching a different match Robbo at points towards the end of his time sounded like he was watching a different game and now Johnny I, I would say um, you're questioning like Thorpe's questions and I would say, I don't know if it's up to him. I think there's things that the club could be doing to help Johnny Jackson out. And, you know, whether that's having different people do the interviews or whether that's um, putting him front and centre, not just in the aftermatch interviews, but saying like, right, come on, stand out front, tell us we've got a plan, tell us what the plan is, that what you're trying to do, what you're trying to achieve, tell us, you know, our injuries are pretty bad. 
because we don't really get reports until players are missing. Anymore. No, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is it used to be the fun bit. I think they've sucked the fun out of being a football fan in a way because you want to know who's playing. You want to, oh, they'll be back. They won't be back. You want to like do the formations in your head and all that. Yeah, kind of this don't is anymore. One, so, one yeah. of the big gripes I've had this season is not telling us who's injured and stuff. And they say it's because we don't want to give the heads up to our opposition where I'm thinking we're league two. I doubt Doncaster sitting there going, well, I think Josh Davison's out now. Great. Because at the end of the day, we've got Ali Hamadi now. You've got, do you know what I mean? McAteer, if they don't even have a clue who McAteer is probably. So if he ain't playing or, do you know what I mean? Pierre's not playing. I, 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 if Doncaster yeah. had two or three players injured on Saturday, I wouldn't have had a clue. I guess our first team maybe do, do you know what I mean? And the analytics that go into it, but I, I really, it does gripe me a little bit, but I get what you mean. And some people did pull me up on it with Chris Falk saying that he's, he is a club. It is the club official like questionings. So he yeah. asked, he, he ain't going to say to Johnny, why did you play such a bad formation? Why have you put Ali on the right? Why can't you feel bench? And this is why maybe we should have more, say we've got free podcasts now. We've got uh, Don's vlogs, Maybe someone should be asking the questions because it does seem like I, I feel that managers have got away with a little bit over the last few years. It has been poor and no one really asked the hard hitting questions. And again, we, we're not going to the meet the manager stuff no. too much because we both had our views on that. But yeah, I, I don't know what questions were asked then, but no. I mean, can who's going to ask the hard hitting questions that need to be asked at the moment? Because the, the, the way we're playing, we're what one win this season, this year. Sorry, not this this year. Yeah, uh, one win in eleven now. Yeah, it's, something needs to be said regarding yeah. what decisions are being made. So, I think I think you're right with the. I mean, yeah, again, I'm not going to bang on about meet the manager. I've been called a pissy pants for <laughs> yeah, and um, I quote, and um, but what an opportunity to have him communicate with the wider fan base. You know, three thousand five hundred season ticket holders. I say. This is where we're at. And, you know, yeah, we're planning for next season. Yeah, you're wondering why I'm not trying to win every match, but I'm playing the youth now. Um, we're building something and we've got some recruitment to come. And whatever it is, and I think people get behind that. When you share that information and it comes from a horse's mouth, you, you get behind it. And also you get to know the person and you're not going to be so against them when you sort of relate to them as a person. Yeah, And it's just this, you know, sort of, he could be the man, he could be Pep Guardiola after a match. You know, you're not getting the personality out there. You're getting the same I, questions and stuff. So fan questions are always going to be a bit more challenging, but more rewarding, I think, in terms of comms. No, I agree. And I think that's where the club maybe have let Johnny Jackson down this season. Uh, and why a lot of people don't like him is that they've not found him personable. Do you know what I mean? He's not a Wimbledon man, which is what people wanted. Uh, but then there's some people that have just not warmed to him. But then we don't, you know what I mean? We just hear the interviews after where he sounds delusional. Some of the stuff he comes out with, you think, are you watching the same game as us? Mm -hmm. And then you just think, is he taking the piss? And then, well, taking the piss, there's a lot of rumours that he's on the piss a lot. So, do you know what I mean? Like, again, don't help him, though, if people, even if they're made up rumours, anyone can make up a rumour now. And you, right. you throw, throw enough around, they start sticking. And it, it's not right uh, on many levels, but... Unfortunately, that is the game of football. And if you're not getting questions to him, but we'll move on. We'll talk about Newport now, which was, I thought, for me, was worse than Doncaster. I end up, I think I've watched the first 15, 20 minutes and then I just zoned out and stopped watching it, really. I thought uh, Maddie looked good again. Uh, Pierce looked good till he went off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought Woodyard, I've got to say one thing before the game, we had an interview with Alex Woodyard. And if that was a rallying call to the troops, then. You you turn on him and shoot him, wouldn't you? And go what, what's it? You'd run a you'd run a what's it called a coop against him and oust the leader because that was it was like 
oh, how do you think we're going to go? Yeah, I think we're going to play well. And hopefully the, the boy, I mean, it was so bad. It had me, yeah. I did feel sorry for him there. I didn't think he, he didn't look like he wanted to be there. He looked exhausted and he, he's been playing like he's exhausted. And I wouldn't blame him. He came straight from an injury and I don't think he's really missed a game as, as like others haven't. Um, he's, I think he's carrying an injury. Um, he, it wasn't the most inspiring interview. And <laughs> again, you want to help someone like that and you want to kind of coach them a bit about how they're going to approach this. And you're saying, this is a rallying cry. Come on, you know, get us behind you. And he didn't look like he wanted to be there. And I felt sorry for him because he's probably, he's taken it on the, he's taken it as captain, right? I'll go up there, even though I don't want to. Whereas, yeah, you probably want someone, I don't know, maybe you want someone like Bezo up there, don't you? Well, right. <laughs> but he's taken it and he's taken one for the team and he's done it. Um, and I felt for him. But yeah, you say about Newport, you're turning off. I mean, I thought Newport were one of the worst teams I've seen in six months. And we've mm. seen some bad teams, but I thought they were terrible. We weren't much better, though. And um, this is what is annoying me with Wimbledon at the moment and our fan base and the club and stuff and the lack of ambition and the lack, like after we're just, people are saying, oh, that's a good point on the road. As you said, I thought Newport were awful. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're a horrendous team and we should be going there looking to to beat them quite easily. Well, first half, I don't think they even got in our, in our box. I don't think Nick Zanev had a thing to do first half. And then second half, as I said, I kind of zoned out, so I wasn't really watching. But yeah, they come back, awful defending for the goal. Uh, I've seen that. But yeah, I just think they are rubbish. And our fan base really, I don't know what has happened to us as a club, is that we're accepting, we're 15th in the league. We're accepting a point away to Newport because it stops the rot. It's not, that's not good enough, in my opinion, for Wimbledon Football Club. I, I get that we had some players, but why bring back three youth team players? As, as I said, especially Alfie Bendel, when Woodjar's already admitted that he's carrying a knock in the interview, then put Alfie Bendel in. It, we're 15th. We're not going down. Just put him in there with uh, Casey McAteer and Alf, uh, and Little. And have Little as your captain or something like that. Or, well, Pierce was playing, sorry. Uh, but yeah, I just, I didn't get it. I just thought it, it was horrendous again. Josh Davison picks up a knock, apparently. But again, we don't know that. Everyone thinks he's been rested. But I understand he picked up a knock. Paul Callenby is injured. I think that's going to be long-term as well now. Uh, uh, that's, that's, yeah. He's, he's been a sort of bright spark in the in a, in a dull season, hasn't he? I yeah. totally agree with you about ambition because my bugbear at the moment is we've always had an identity to me as Wimbledon. Maybe not so much under Neil Ardley towards the end when it was like we were playing for a nil-nil. Um, but generally, we've been a front foot team and we've been not been scared of anyone and we've taken them on and approached it and we've gone for a win most of the time. And I, I don't see that at the moment. I don't see how we're approaching games. No, and I, as I said, I think second half, I, John, again, Johnny Jackson comes out and I think he says, I, 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 again, I've stopped really listening to his interviews now because it just drives me mad. But I think he said, I think people told me that, I was trying to do a bit of research before coming on. Then he said, like, our oh, points are good. It's a good away point and stuff. We didn't have a shot in the second half. Not one shot, not a block shot, not a shot off target, not a shot on target. Not one shot against possibly one of the worst teams in the division. Do yeah. you know what I mean? And, and that's not... I just, yeah, it, it frustrates the life out of me at the moment. I don't know I why think, people think it's good. Yeah, I don't think they had much apart from the long throw. So effectively, all we had to do really was defend a long, get back and defend a long throw. Um, but no, I didn't think they offered much and we didn't have anything to fear. And it was a great opportunity to, yeah, play Bendel, give Woodyard a bit of a rest or like go for it a bit. I thought I like Pearson. Pearson's like my favourite player because he has a go and he's got pace to burn and he did a bit of 
trickery and all that. And I was like, you know, having these kids by the end of the sort of first. <laughs> minutes. Um, but no, I, I, I love that. But we don't get him the ball. And I think um, Little, there's a player in there. There's a good player. Um, but we let him get overrun. And it's like, why are we doing that? We've got a good player. We've got something in our arm, you know. Put, you know, he, he looks like someone who should be pushed a bit further forward. But we're playing him back when it's not... He looks like a good player, but it's not to his strength. Sure. Yeah, weird one with that, because we won't mention too much of the player. But Paris, I thought that was the same with him when he first came in. He looked like if he pushed further forward, we'd have a player there. But then when we went too defensive, apparently there was rumours that that's where Brentford wanted him to play. And when he, it's not your player, you can't really say much. But yeah, Little scored 10 goals, 15 goals in Conference South, got eight yeah. assists or something mad. Yeah. And, and and now he doesn't look like scoring at all for us. Uh Full Casey McAteer done okay. He mm. he weren't he weren't like pulling out trees in the game, but yeah, I think Woodyard again was poor. Pierre done okay. What I don't like about Pierre is he's got no composure whatsoever. He no. he will just get rid of it, even if he's got time to take a touch and play with it. He just bang, it goes upfield. Ali's been our bright spark, and we've got away with two this season. I think start of the season we got Taylor in, and he's done he done really well for us, and probably kept us in higher up in the league. And Ali coming in has kept us from dropping like a stone. At, well, to be fair, I don't think we've won a game since he's been there, but he has scored goals, you know what I mean? And we would be losing by yeah. much more if it weren't for him. So two bright sparks out of it. But yeah, the rest of it's been really poor at the moment. And and Ayub, don't forget Ayub, obviously not here anymore. But um, in terms of the season, he was he was the one who got you out of your seat. And I think it papers over cracks, but you they, you know, you'll forgive a lot of, sort of 10 men behind the ball football that we've been playing because you get that excitement when the ball goes up to mm. and you're out of your chair. And now he's not there. We haven't got that. We haven't got that excitement, have we? No. That, we we said that. We said that on the, here in January, we we're never going to replace him. I doubt we'll, we'll be able to replace him in summer. You, you, you brought in, uh, what's his name? DJ. He He's injured. Again, we don't know how long he's been out for because we haven't been told. Biller is still injured. Again, we got told he'd be back four to six weeks. He's still injured. So, again, we don't know how long that's going to be. We we don't get told how long our players are out. So, you usually do start forgetting them. I already forgot about DJ the other day. Uh, someone said, oh, JD might be starting. And I thought that was him. And, I thought, and then someone said, no, Josh Davidson. I was like, oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot. We've got DJ who's injured still. So, yeah, yeah just I think we're so threadbare, which shows up and and what what we actually got at the moment, which is really annoying. But yeah, it's not great, and we'll talk about Crawley later. But yeah, I think it's going to be a massive week uh, and for John Jackson. Right, so if if we move on, Graham, and when we come back, we'll discuss uh, you your time on the Don's Trust Board and uh, everything else regarding that. The Wombles had a dream podcast by the fans. For the fans. So we're back uh, and we're going to be speaking to Graham about his time uh, on the Don's Trust Board. So he recently, you recently came off the Don's Trust Board. That's correct. Is after how many, how, how many years was you on it? I was on three years. Three so, years. Uh, You've done a term yeah. of three years. Brilliant. Uh, I want to say, first off, I want to say thank you very much for serving your term. And uh, I do, we do appreciate people that do put themselves forward. I know it ain't, you, you do get a little bit of stick and I understand that you took that very well. I also would like to, uh, from a personal point of view, thank you for the way you communicated with the fans. You were very, as I said, we we talked about it previously. Sometimes I think some people need to sit back and communicate a little bit better with the fans. But yeah, you always were upfront, talk to the fans. 
best you could. And I think that was appreciated by most of the fans out there. You're not going to please everyone, but I think you pleased about 80% of the Wimbledon fans with regards to your answers and stuff. But you're not, like as I said, you, you just you ain't going to please everyone, are you? So, yeah. So I appreciate, we appreciate everything you've done, Graham. So <laughs> how did you, how did you find being on, what, what made you first off want to put yourself forward for the Dunst Trust board? Um, I, God, good question. I think Jane Lonsdale is the short answer. Um, she made me do it and, um, and it hadn't really occurred to me, but I did get frustrated and, you know, I'm a fan, I'm a fan at the end of the day. And I was getting frustrated when I felt like we were being kept in the dark and we weren't being communicated with or engaged. And it was kind of, if something was needed, we'd be asked to, whether it's put our hands in our pockets or whatever, but then everything would go quiet and it's like what's going on here I, I, I don't know I don't feel like I know what's going on and so it was kind of I want to change that it wasn't like I just want to know what's going on um but it's like I want to change that because I don't think I'm the only person who feels like that so so I stood as everyone does nowadays on a sort of comms and <laughs> better comms and engagement sort of ticket but I think everyone does that now uh, but I, I think I was you know I meant it when I stood on that um, on that ticket, and that's what I wanted to do, uh, and I wanted to make sure that um, people, that the owners were kept in the loop on stuff, really. So yeah, I think that and and Jane making me do it. Yeah. Mm. Do, do you do you still find a bit frustrated now because you said you stood on that ticket regarding communication, which we spoke about previously. I, for me personally, I don't think communication has improved that much. You get a little, as I said, you were communication was fine. That was perfect. But now, as we said, we don't know if our players are injured or not. We don't get told uh, a lot of information to meet the manager stuff we spoke about previously. Again, we can't, won't keep going over that. But there's stuff. Do you, do you still find frustrations in the fact that communication, like since the Don's Trust Board elections, I've not really heard much from some of the candidates. No, I think there's, I mean, there's a couple of things here. There's, I, I mean, I would separate the club comms and the Don's Trust comms. Yep. So I was never doing club comms. I wasn't like interviewing players or managers or whatever like that. So I helped out with with others on the DT comms, um, and um, I think yeah we got some things. I was happy with some things. We couldn't do as much. I mean it, you, you you can see in the minutes we actually after a, a while it got so frustrating at not releasing more information. Um, we actually had a vote on it, <laughs> and um, and to make to ensure we did, it made it a policy that we would share as much as we could, not like HR information and personal sort of details and stuff, wages or whatever, but uh, as much as we could. And um, I think we did for a while. We had meet the Don's Trust Board sessions, quite regular ones. We had uh, we introduced a newsletter. Um, I'm not sure if that's still going because I haven't seen one for a while, but I think it, the plan was to continue. Um, I don't know about Meet the Don's Trust Board, if that's still going. But we did do a lot of other stuff, like um, particularly, I mean, Charlie was great at this, writing um, finance explainers, um, which we didn't have before. And I haven't seen since, but it's early days for the new board. So I, I don't want to be too critical because I think they've probably got a lot going on. And, and when you say you haven't heard from them, I, I think that's valid, but I'm sure we will. Um, no, because I, I say that because the one thing I've seen is Kevin Rye with the South London Press. Thought that was quite a good move to get in with the South London Press. That 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 was good. But since then, as I said, I've I had many problems with the last Don's Trust elections. So I I thought Pro Boards is not a good source of uh really because you go on there and one of the main issues I had is I ask a question to a Don's Trust or a, a candidate 
and then you get loads of other people putting their two cents in as well and it kind of then gets your question gets lost or the answer gets lost and i just think i'm not asking you a question and people are saying oh we're coming on here because we want to like one of the people that answered mine was oh i'm here because i want to state the facts well that them facts are in your opinion i'm asking a candidate yeah. like matt lowndes for example kevin rye what they think or what they're going to do and i just thought it I haven't been on pro board since, and I don't think I'll ever use it. I also don't think I'll ever vote in another Don Trust election because I just, really? yeah, I, I found it really tiresome. I found it really decisive. Uh, divisive. Yeah. I thought it was too many. And as I said, we get, I'd get three or four people answering questions for me and it'd be the same three or four people. And I felt it was kind of led in a way to, to suit the pro Don Trust board, not the, the, yeah. the investment side. So yeah, that was my personal opinion on the Don's Trust uh, elections. Well, I think that's valid. I think it's valid points. And obviously that's your experience. So I'm not going to sort of try to yeah. sort of dissuade you from that. But um, I mean, I would I would say don't give up. I'd say pro boards isn't perfect by any means. It looks like it was designed in 1972, but it's what we've got. It's the best we've got. And I would encourage people to use it and engage on there. And, and if you're not getting responses from the Don's Trust board, then then nag or escalate it, you know, um, because that's what it's there for. And as well as, you know, there are a couple of sections. In in the elections, it did get a bit like the Wild West at times. And I, I could see that. And it was kind of hard to there went there was a period where I was sort of trying to moderate it in some way. Um, and it was just like this is getting silly now. Um, it was people started being abusive and stuff. And it's sort of, an out of election time. So we've been quite civil. Um, people go there, they ask questions and you try to one of my jobs was trying to get answers for them and stuff so I spent a fair bit of time on there and I think it was fairly useful um and it was a two-way engagement so I, I I wouldn't write it off um with regards to not voting again I think that's a shame to be honest because I think the Don's Trust board is something is, is a thing a good thing that we've got and we should use it and we should vote people as much as vote them in vote them out um if people aren't doing a good job and there are lots of complaints online about people on the board, not doing stuff that they were elected to do. Um, you know, everyone, as I say, goes on there with a comms ticket now or a better engagement ticket. And um, and whether they <laughs> perform that or not is up to, you know, people say, oh, you were you were allowed all over social media at election time, where have you gone? Uh, yeah, go on there and, you know, but, and, and in the elections do vote them out because that's, that's what we've got. That's the tools we've got. And not other clubs don't have that. You can't go and vote um, the Glazers out as much as Man United fans would like to do. They can't, but we can. So um, I would say don't give up um, and, and, and stick at it. And uh, and if you see things that are bad, get the get the buggers out. Hmm. Uh, another thing that uh, we were talking about earlier, just off here kind of thing, was that with Wimbledon, it seems that if it's, it's black or white. It's not, there's no grey areas or anything like that. And, and one of the big ones for me with regards to that is outside investment. People see it as selling the club or, or fan ownership. And then you got the you you have the people that say, well, fan ownership doesn't work elsewhere. If if it was working so well, then why don't other clubs do it? And then you have the other one saying, well, fan ownership does work because we built Plough Lane. Look, we've become just fans only. We're still flying. Do you know what I mean? Like, do you get frustrated on the board when you're on the board and stuff with people that get? There's a lot of mixed. I think people get mixed up. I know I did. I, I'm not a hundred percent understand all still with the PLC board, the Don's Trust board. Do you get frustrated when the kind of mud's being slung and stuff, and it, we have to have outside investment? The Don's Trust board is shit and all that kind of stuff. Does that 
Does that annoy you, frustrate you? No, not really. I think it's um, a lot of it's valid, to be honest. You just said a key thing there that I don't really know what the board and the PLC do and, and, and stuff. And I think that's so common. And it just became a stock thing. Like, why don't the DTB do that? It's like, well, because they wouldn't do, because that would be the PLC. And you can explain it 100 times to 100 people, but you're not getting it there. And that's a failure of communication because everyone should know how the club is run. And that's our failure, or I say ours, the DTB, the club, the PLC, whatever, for not putting out that. Um, with regards to the argument, I've, I've said before, I don't think it's a binary argument, sell out or be fan owned. There are, I mean, uh, I think there's a paper due. I think the minute said the paper would be due out in early March. So I expect at any time looking at um, the sale of equity down to 51%, but while protecting us as majority owners. Um I don't think you have to sell out and I don't think you have to be 100% fan owned. I think I would certainly put myself towards the end of the spectrum where you're 100% fan owned. Um, but I've got no qualms of going down to 51 and getting some money and if we can do it safely without losing control. Um, so I don't think it's a binary investment. As you said, especially at the moment when results are bad and the football's a bit dull, people are going to, it's going to be black and white and there's less grey area and people aren't so open to debate and discussion and it's more argument and i see all this well, on social media but... yeah because the, the main one is if you're fan, if you're for fan ownership you're a happy clapper you're happy if you we've just got a club you're happy because you'll be you'll watch wimbledon in non-league and if you're a seller if you want to sell out you're you just want to have success do you know what i mean you want you want investment to come in because you you want us to go up the leagues which i'm kind of in the middle a little bit, I, I do like the fan ownership. When you speak to people about AFC Wimbledon, you, you say, look, we're a fan-owned club. We haven't got, you speak to some clubs and there's like, my chairman's a, this, my chairman's that. We don't have, we don't really have that. Well, we kind of do because the Don Strasbourg get a bad name anyway. But do you know what I mean? But, and I'm, I don't mind selling, selling the club and stuff like that either. I've got that, but I'm not there for success. I know if we sell the club, success might not happen still. And I think a lot of fans need to, open their eyes to that the, the fact that if we did sell the club it wouldn't be an automatic success we might fail still do you know what I mean we still have to compete with the Wrexhams and stuff like that and someone's got to come yeah. in but as you said it's not I think I think I don't know. Have... how do you how do we repair that though as, as an ex-Don's Trust Board member of someone that was on the Don's Trust Board how do you go about going right this is how do we get the fans all on so we're not fighting just amongst each other all the time you're right. Well, better communications generally. I think if you if you take people with you, they'll they'll. Gen We've got such good fans, and I don't just say that. But you know, every rose has a thorn, whatever. But by vast majority of our fans are amazing. Every time they're called on, they put money in the pocket, they answer the call, whatever. And if you engage with them, they they generally will rally round. Um, so I think there's that. I I personally, I think, you know, you said, oh, you can sell out and be ambitious, or you can be fan owned and don't mind if, as long as you've got a club. I'm not one of those who's, oh, as long as we've got a club. I'd rather have a club than not, but <laughs> I want a successful club. And I think you can do that. I think what we've got to remember is we only started again 21 years ago. Um, and we only moved into Co into Plough Lane and then got past COVID what, a year or so ago. So we are in, we're like a, a, a baby in nappies in that respect. We've just, so what we did do in, in my time on the board is we had a bit of a restructure for the better, I think. We brought in Danny Macklin. Um, he's going to, we get, there's a new commercial director we're advertising for at the moment. So we're, we're looking at monetizing the stadium. And I think that's a big thing. Um, we haven't done that before. We've doubled crowds, but we've been 
done that whilst paying off the stadium because um you know when i joined the board it was on the night that um it was announced we'd have to sell the club we can build the ground and stuff so the first thing was right build the ground second thing right now let's monetize the ground oh there's a pandemic okay put us mm. back um but now it's like it's all kicked in so whilst on the board we hired danny macklin we hired craig cope um i think we're in a much better shape off the pitch um than we have been ever actually or sorry at least since the rebirth um and probably ever to be honest <laughs> um we do have the debt but we have you know pe big people with big brains looking at how to repay that um there's things like that really get my juices flowing that i want to hear more about because i don't hear about them now but enabling developments and um i know that's a bit of a <laughs> can be a bit of a um a bad word in the past but you know if we can put a hotel or a bowling alley or whatever in the corner and whoever builds that holiday in whoever they build a hotel in the corner and as part of that planning permission from us they build a stand great suddenly we've increased capacity by five thousand we're we're one of the highest i think second highest or highest um percentage filled stadium in our division um we're too big for the ground you might say so we we had another five thousand seats at no cost or they may even pay us a bit as a sweetener then um suddenly it's a whole new ball game and that's where i think we need to be and I think we are getting there. Um, it, it will take time getting that hotel, getting that built. It might be a couple of years, but then, you know, that could pay off half the debt. If we if we give them planning permission and it is an enabling development, that might give us five million, which might pay off half the, half the bond debt. Or it might go, some of it might go on players, something, you know, wherever. And we, which again, gives us success on the field. And I, I think one of the things leveled at us is that we've, um, we've not put money into players. And I would argue that I'd like to see more money in players and I think monetizing the stadium, et cetera, et cetera, will give us a better playing budget. Um, no one wants to see us selling players before they've played 50 games, you know. Um, but um, I think we're getting there. We're, 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 we are getting there and we're, we've only been at it a couple of years, really, in those no, terms. Yeah, I have to agree. I have to agree. I think we are. We have to... Patience in football is... There's ne never any of it to be fair, and I think some women fans we do have to be a little bit patient now. That and I, I got I got told this the other day by a good close friend of mine with regards to a comment I made not not about Danny Macklin. I just said that at the moment I feel like he's a bit, a bit all mouth, uh, and but that's probably a bit hard. And he, he he called me out on it and said I think that's quite harsh. And he and Danny's probably right. It probably is harsh because at the end of the day we've asked for more communication. This is what women and fans do. We want more communication. We now have an MD who will communicate with you any hour, any day, do you know what I mean? Uh, anything. And then we say, well, he's communicating too much. Why don't you go on and do his job? And I think it's, you know what I mean? It's mad, but I, I, I like Danny Macklin. I think he's great for the club. Uh, it, it, I'll, I'll call, you know me, I'll call anyone out. And most of the time I'm probably wrong. Uh, but yeah, he, I think we've done really well in getting Danny Macklin in. We we spoke about Craig Cope earlier. I think the club need to do a lot more as to get him front and centre. Uh, I think a lot of fans are on that page regarding what what our game plan is going forward, what his long-term strategy is, how are we going to find gems that he found for Solly Old? Like people yeah. say about Huddling, Huddling was a donkey, but they sold him for quite a lot of money. So if we can get a donkey in and sell him for a lot of money, I'll take that every day of the week. Do you yeah. know what I mean? We're selling our best players at the moment. Let's sell some absolute dross to Huddersfield for a million pounds. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, one question people do have, and again, it's more of a, it's going down a negative road, unfortunately, but, the, the the main stand there's it's a bit of a shell and people have a complaint about we've got two floors that can't be used mm -hmm. 
what what do you regard that regarding the Don's truck on that front? Was that a mistake with regards to why we've done that? Longer term, I think in five years, we'll be looking back and going, oh, that was a good idea. I'm glad we did that when we could. Um, at the moment, it's, um, it's as you say, it's a bit of a shell and it's not really fulfilled its potential. It's suboptimal. <laughs> We've got things going up there. I mean, I, I was just looking at the minutes and there was, you know, in the hospitality lounges, the executive boxes that aren't sold. We were mooting this idea of putting um, Don's Trust members drawn at random and saying, come on, you're the owners, come and enjoy a box for a game. You know, you're a season ticket holder anyway, go, go in there kind of thing. Um, and that's been dropped, apparently. That's not going to be pursued according to the latest minutes. Um, but there's things like that. But then there's the um, education hub, which seems to be... T- I think there was a news, news article. Yeah. Um, it Some seems to be gathering pace. Um, so it's... Yeah, it's not... I mean, in the future, when we're looking at it and the West Stat and the stadium's all developed in 20 years, 30 years, then it won't look out of place and you think, oh, well, that made sense, obviously. It's just at the time we're living this and it's like, are we doing it? We're not monetizing it and it's going to cost us a lot of, I think in the um, PLC minutes, I think Danny Macklin said it's going to cost us a fair bit of money to get it. Well, yeah. We can sell it. Kind of the, the, again, the problem with football is there's no long-term thinking and that's most people have no long-term thinking. It's all short-term thinking. Do you know what I mean? That's why managers come and go within a year or two. Like that's why people now, uh, myself included, have had enough of Johnny Jackson. And you know what I mean? Everyone goes, well, wait a minute, long-term thinking. If we keep within five years, we could be down the road and think, yeah, this is amazing. But football's very short-term and everything has to happen now. Uh, yeah, Danny Macklin said, when I said to him, the, the three things I want is to to get in the ground early or get in the ground quick, get a beer and get a drink. Two things he's working on, which is the food and drink. The, we can't work on the other one because we haven't got enough turnstiles and they cost quite a bit of money, which we I don't think we can go out and just spend. Uh, with regards to your time on the board, what did you find was the most challenging stuff that you had to deal with on a day-to-day on the board? Um, challenge? I wouldn't say that. My instinct is to say all the uh, all the abuse you get, <laughs> yeah. um, but to be honest, I I didn't I didn't get it that bad. I always found that if someone calls you a effing numpty, and you say why, um, what would you prefer me to be doing and stuff, and you have a discussion that they kind of you know they're reasonable people. People are reasonable, you know, when you talk to them. Um, so I didn't find it that bad to be honest, um, but I know. Some people did, and it depends how thick your skin is and stuff. But that was a challenge. Um, but I think the biggest real-world, big-picture challenge, of course, was when I first joined, 2019, off the back of that bombshell, um, was how are we going to build the stadium? And um, it was it was a funny thing because I knew, like, Charlie and, and Zab and people, I, who I, I was at the meeting, and they were at the back, and they were saying, have you thought of doing this bond thing? And then on the board, it was, like, discussed, and a few people dismissed it to be honest. But I think there's probably, a, I don't know if that would be in the minutes of this. I hope I can say this and it's probably a bit of an exclusive, but there were people on there saying, nah, it won't fly, might get us hundred grand. And there were a couple of us who said, well, why wouldn't we give it a try? Let's let's see what it's made of. Let's let's go with this, see what we can do. Um, so people let us run with it almost. It was like almost like, well, as long as you don't spend too much time on it. Um, and then, which we didn't have to, because it was like, Charlie and the guys sort of doing everything. So, um, and we just had to sort of get it, lend our weight to it and promote it and so forth. Um, but 
at that point, we didn't know we were paying month to month. We were paying the builders month to month and relying on their goodwill because they had to order steer or whatever. And they can't do that for the following month so that it would arrive so they'd have something to work on. And we were living hand to mouth pretty much. It was like, right, can we pay next month's bill to keep the build going? Um, and that was a challenging time. And it was, it shows you what people are made of. I suppose some people roll their sleeves up and some people, you know, think outside the box as you say but um not everyone and it was it was a real dark time not knowing um and we got past that and we built the stadium so um i think in that respect we we climbed that um you know left with a bit of debt and stuff but um we still have a club and we have a stadium and here we are so yeah, i was gonna say because again the problem with social media nowadays as well is that everyone becomes like with covid everyone become medical experts with wimbledon everyone becomes accountants do you know what i mean the debt's never going to be repaid we're going to struggle with the debt now i actually believe that we voted on people to look after this for us and we have to trust them if it goes tits up then unfortunately that's going to be the case no matter what happens i trust michelle little she's she's i think she's really good but we've, we've spoke about it before. I think this can be nipped in the bud straight away if the communication is better. If we can get the minutes out quicker, people can actually see what's going on when it takes months for minutes to come out. And sometimes minutes weren't even coming out. I think that then when people start going, right, why are they not bringing the minutes out? What are they hiding? Do you know what I mean? Why Why we're not going to be able to pay the debt? And then it, again, it's Chinese whispers. We get one person go, right, no minutes, we can't pay the debt. Someone then goes, what? We're not going to be able to pay our debt in time. And then it just, boom, spirals. And women are just, I think it, yeah. what you, the communication, and it, it, again, it's what you you signed up for and what you got on the board yeah. for and many others before and after you. And it, it still seems to be the same issue. I think you have to be proactive rather than reactive. And when I, certainly when I first joined the board, um, it was very reactive. I think, um, yeah, it's one of the reasons, the minutes there I can address specifically, I guess, but that's one of the reasons we launched the monthly newsletter, Don's Trust newsletter. So it's like, the minutes are pretty dull. You have to go, I mean, they're not even announced, I don't think, at the moment. I had to sort of go and search for them the other day. Um, and then it, it was like, oh, there they are. And no one seemed to know. So I shared them and a couple of people, oh, where did you get that from? And it's like, you know, they're on there. <laughs> we just weren't told, but, um, but they're there. Um, but they're pretty boring most of the time. It's pretty, you know, it's like he said, <laughs> it's like, okay, it's it's like watching Wimbledon Newport again, again. <laughs> uh, but, um, but yeah, so but the newsletter was to sort of fill in the gaps and be a bit more chatty and a bit more, oh, we've done this, that's happened, this has happened, you know, and things like, yeah, the minutes are late, sorry about that, they'll be out next week. And there was a bit of a thing with the minutes because it took us a while to get them published on time. Um, and then one month of minutes disappeared. Um, you know, the laptop caught fire or whatever it was. I, I won't go into specifically, but something along those lines. Um, and then that was, I don't know, June. And then July's were ready, but June hadn't been done. And we said, oh, but we're going to get June soon. Yeah. So let's wait and not put July out first. And then it was like time to put out August. And it's like, right, June's ready. And it's like people were saying, quite rightly, three months of minutes are missing. And that was us. We had, I have to one of those people who hold my hand up because I should have said, no, just get July out the day they're ready. Let's get August out the day they're ready. And then it's like, oh, why are they missing? We'll explain that to people and they'll be fine with that. And they would be. The laptop caught fire. It happens. It won't happen again. Um, but there we go. As long as you explain things like that. And yeah, 
I, I held my hands up because that was on my watch and I didn't put my hand up and say, get them out. I thought, oh, it'll only be a week. No one will notice. Um, let's, I didn't think, <laughs> but uh, it, I, I did think genuinely it'll only be a week and so did everyone else and, uh, and it wasn't. But um, yeah, so I think, um, I think you've got to have more than minutes um, coming out and you've got to have that dialogue and then what? people come with you. No, one more quick, like ne- not negative question, and then we'll go on to some kind of positive stuff. I promise. <laughs> uh, why? Why did you? Why have you? Did you step down because your time was up, or did you step down because of frustrations on the board or off the board, or you just sat, that was your time and that was it? You've you've given enough and you want to step down. Um, um, I was midterm, so I I, um, I was elected in two thousand and nineteen, then I was re-elected in twenty one. Yep year term where it was i think it's moving to three now which i disagree with but still um and then i it comes back to what i was elected on really i was elected on a ticket of engagement and comms and communications and stuff and i felt i don't want to be negative but i felt i wasn't if if i didn't know what was going on i couldn't communicate what was going on so I felt I could no longer stand on that, stand true to my ticket of engagement and comms, because if I wasn't, I, I'm watching my words here a bit, but uh, <laughs> if I didn't know what was going on in the board and the club and I couldn't explain things to people and what could I do? Just hold my hands up, go, I don't know. And I didn't want to be in that position. I wanted to tell people, I wanted to share information with people because that's why I stood, as I said earlier, that's why I stood to be on the board because I wanted to, know what was going on at my club as an owner and I wanted to make sure all my fellow owners knew things and when I felt I could no longer share with them information because I wasn't getting it I thought well that's that's my I'm, I'm redundant effectively um, and I disagreed with you know it and I thought we weren't sharing enough and um, so it was uh, I thought well fair enough I'll just you know I'll step down let someone else have a go well, fair play. You stood by what you believed in. And uh, would you have any advice for now the news Don's Trust Board people that are literally a bit green to it, uh, and you think, right, this is what I would give you advice on? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. I mean, I've always said if anyone wants to get in touch, they can. No problem with that. You know. Um. I'm on social media or email or whatever. Um, and I have spoken to a few of the guys and they're, you know, good guys from what I can see. And they're, I'm sure they've got the right, um, best interests of the club at heart and everything. Um, what would I say? I'd always say be proactive, communicate really, because as I said, again, the, the, everyone, we've got such a good fan base and they will get behind what you're trying to do. If they know what you're trying to do, if they're guessing, they're going to think the worst. And we've, we've really burnt people, <laughs> you know, we've treated our owners badly in the past with not letting them know what's going on and, and then say, you know, coming out of the blue and go, surprise, we're going to lose our club. Let's go and sell it. <laughs> up at the front going, yeah, let's sell it. And it's like, everyone's going, what the? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we've really, you know, we, we didn't deserve their trust after that. We had I, to, and I, I think don't lose that, build that trust, keep that trust. Don't lose, don't lose it again. Don't go back to that. Cause we won't, we won't survive it again. I don't think. I, I don't know if it's, if if people are told it or if it's the club, the, the, the fans charter or stuff like that. But I do find that people were that before they get on the Don's Trust board, they're quite loud, they're quite vocal, always on social. And then once they get on the Don's Trust board, they're a bit quieter. And then once they come off it again, they're a little bit louder again. And it's just 
is is that the club are you are you tied up with what you can say or because I know the fans chart because we got asked to sign it once when we wanted to speak to an actual Don who was it who was on the board at the time now I think and we got told we had to sign a chart which we refused to do because yeah, yeah we're not being tied and well I agree was. with you I agree with the principle there because if the BBC wanted to interview me when I was on the board I wouldn't have had to ask them to sign a fans charter so where where's the line here is it oh yeah. I know this person I'll ask him to sign this is that what um so no it, it I think that came about as a mishmash of a few people sort of saying oh we've got to do this and that and you know don't say nasty words to us and things and you know it, it wasn't ideal and it was it was a bit silly um it, but for good intentions there's good reasons for it you know yeah um why do people do that I think um you have to watch what you say because you suddenly everything you say is being quoted and taken as as an official line so it was quite tricky because I people would ask questions on social media and I'm on, on my Twitter and it's my personal Twitter and I'm sort of where's the line between I can tell you what's going on at the trust here but mm, I, I'd rather you heard it from the trust you know and it's like it can get quite tricky I think there's a natural thing where people get all excited at campaigning to be on the Dunn's Trust and they think it's a lot more exciting than it is and they probably think oh it's a bit of football manager <laughs> and you can player deals and all that kind of stuff you don't that's the plc um so they get all excited they want to win your votes they don't really know what they're in for always i don't think um but they're all over media making that effort to get the votes and then if they're on they're suddenly you know it's like the uh you're um the borg and you're assimilated and <laughs> suddenly like you know everything's got to be a bit um a bit more official line and all that yeah. kind of stuff and what I've noticed is people coming off the board sometimes are the biggest critics of the board. And I, th I don't know, I haven't quite figured out why that is. And I think it's not that they hate the board, but I think they've seen how things can be done right or wrong and they're kind of quick to flag it. And, you know, and often that's like appreciated because they're coming to you direct and saying, oh, maybe you shouldn't have done that. Or you should, how have you thought about doing this? And it's like good advice. But um, I know not everyone likes to have people point out that things could be done better in public yeah horses no. for course <laughs> uh last question before we wrap up on, on on your time on the board and stuff uh what, what what's been your proudest I've, I've, i guess the answer because i think we've gone over it already but what's your proudest moment of being on the don's trust board what what made you proud that you were part of that process I was, well, I, I was part of, and I wasn't part of, but mostly I wasn't part of, but I thought the bond was fantastic. And I was pleased to sort of backed it from day one, even though I wasn't involved and I didn't have to really do anything. You know, I, I kind of put out a few tweets and said, mm -hmm. yes, best in this is, is pretty good. And that's all I did. But to have, you know, it's always good to back something that's so amazing. And these guys, to see them sort of get this thing off the ground within a month um, and then raise just shy of 10 million pounds was phenomenal and i don't i think we kind of take these things for granted sometimes and how good our fans are at organizing these things and stuff and we shouldn't take it for granted because it's phenomenal really and then obviously yes getting the stadium built from a from a position where we couldn't afford to to actually building it and um and playing in it and uh, i suppose that game that bolton game um just what what an atmosphere and it was all like you know there were so many tears going around he's growing grown adults with tears in their eyes but happy tears and that was a that was an amazing feeling to be a small part of that a very small part but nonetheless a part of it 
a small part. Yeah, yeah but it, it takes a small. I, I was going to say like there's there's a lot of negativity regarding the club at the moment. We were talking about earlier, and I, I I'm fed up with it a lot of the times. But there are some really really good people at the club. Like as I said, I, I'd have you on that list of people that actually gave their all for the club because they they had passion in it. There's people like Matt Haylock and his team down at the club shop who, do you know what I mean? They're not getting paid shed loads of money to run the club shop, but they do it for the love of Wimbledon. There's people like Michelle Little who I spoke about earlier who, who doing it for the love and the numbers. She knows what she's doing. Uh, there's put the guy, uh, what's his name? Dom Dom, I think his name is on Twitter, who's going around the local area and making sure that the local businesses are all in, on board with AFC Women and putting posters up, scarves up, the poster that I think they're called, the Argentinian Grill that now come down to the club. They they support us, we support them with our pounds and do you know what I mean? It, and when the ground was being built, we had some local residents who weren't happy and tried to put uh, walls up against us. And there's a Wimbledon fan going around and I, I don't always agree with what he says and his politics and stuff, but he's going around and making sure that they're on side and it's stuff like that that is huge. People forget there's people like Dean Parsons, Tintin, who, who, who does the Hayden the Womble. Do you know what I mean? He, he does it for the love. I'm, I'm guessing he's not getting paid fortunes to... I'm guess he's not getting paid anything, but he, yeah. he puts that Womble around, he goes around to all the families, taking photos with the little ones. Uh, and, and I think people, there's a lot of people that forget that people have been here from the day one that do the jobs that other people don't want to do. Do you know what I mean? There's loads of jobs that people want to do. Do you know what I mean? There's loads of jobs that people would yeah. love to get involved in, uh, but can't, uh, which I think we could use them a little bit more. But yeah, there is jobs out there that people don't want to do. Uh, and we have Wimbledon fans who are massively getting involved and that's, uh, that is a good part of the club. Yeah, yeah. I think I can never be underplayed how good our, our volunteers and, and, the, and the people around the building are. And, um, you know, like like Jonesy doing the design and stuff and the, you know, he, uh, he, he, I think he's the one who called me pissy pants the other week, but um, so does so much and uh, doesn't always get like raved about and stuff. Um, and I, I think we, you know, we sometimes need to take a step back, go, we built this stadium, we're playing football here, we're in League Two. The football's not great, but you know what? It will get better. We're, we're, <laughs> we we say that for five years, Graham. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> one day. You know what I mean? <laughs> But yeah, we'll we'll move on now because yeah, Graham is op the optimism of him is brilliant, but it's like having Mike Daw with me as well. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, we'll move on, and when we come back, we'll discuss Crawley at home on Saturday. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Cool. 
We're back and we're going to be discussing the massive game on Saturday against Crawley. Uh, one thing I hate is when people call it a rivalry with them. I can't stand Crawley. It's not a rivalry in my book. It, it got a little bit heated back in the non-league days when they tried to sign Kedwell and we were trying to both go up for promotion. They had big fat Evans as well. So that was a little bit heated then. But nowadays it, they're a nothing club run by absolute fraudsters. I actually feel a little bit sorry for their fan base a little bit now because this is where people talk about the fan ownership and selling out and you get Crawley owners thrown at you. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, what a bunch of idiots they are, but big game, big game for Johnny Jackson. I think Graham, what do you think? That's what people are saying online and uh, I can't really blame them. It's, um, you know, Crawley are not a good team. Do you remember at the beginning of the season with the crypto brothers, whatever were saying, uh, they were buying, like they got Dom Telford and people and it was like, oh, okay. They could be up there. I think I put, in my predos, I put them top seven. and uh, <laughs> But um, they're pretty awful from what I've seen. I saw yeah. them against us, they were pretty bad. And then, uh, you know, they on the highlights, they, the goals they concede are kind of comedy stuff. Benny Hill soundtrack stuff, you know. Um, I would hope we'd get a result there, a good result. Jeff. I don't think it's really points. I don't think a point's good enough, really. No. It won't do much for us. I think even three points is like, right, where do we go from here? We've got to back that up. I, I think point is, you know, I, I agree with you earlier, stop the rot. Mm, we're playing Newport, we're playing Crawley. It's it's not stop the rot, it's like beat them. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I get we've, you know, we've lost players, we've got walking wounded, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, I, I think mitigate, if we start with Bendel, people like that, then okay, and we, and we draw, but they play okay, and they get into the rhythm and stuff, and, and a bit, you know, integrated into the team, I think there's that. But Generally, I think we've got to beat this team. They've not won away all season, so it's a banker that they will. We yeah. talked. We talked about uh, earlier with my friend Gary, who's a bit of a tipster. He he came to me at the start of the season and said, backing Crawley to get to, uh, automatic promotion. That's how bad tipster he is. But yeah, Dom Telford must be looking at it and thinking, why have I signed for this club? Thinking he was going to be joining a club, going for automatic promotion, and they've just dropped like a stone. They've got rid of their manager. They've got rid of a lot of players. I, I'd like us not to play some of the youth. I know people are going to be shouting, what do you mean? I want to, we need to win Saturday and we need to win well against a really, really poor team. So I, I Bendel's probably the only one I'd maybe bring in, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd try and start the strongest team. I do worry about our strongest team at the moment though, because the amount of injuries got Pierce looked like he couldn't walk on Tuesday against Newport. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm not, I don't know. I literally can't pick a side at the moment to start. Uh, well, we don't know who's injured, do we? We never know. No, and we won't so, know. So. No, we won't know until they stop. But it's so yeah. impossible to call. Have we got I'm any not... centre-backs? Is it just Will and... I think it's Will and Pierre. But yeah. I was going to say to you, Pierre's been called up. Ali's been called up. Would that mean Barrow's going to be called... How many do we need? Is it three? I think it's three. And I don't think Tans has been called up for New Zealand. Oh, great. So, and Gunter's just retired from international duty, hasn't he? Yeah. Oh, so, great. Um, which is... So, which, is good because we don't want to be playing Barrow in the mid in the middle of the week, do we? If it was postponed, we'd be playing them on a Tuesday. And I'd rather be playing them on a Tuesday than playing with blimmin ten players because we can't name a false team. But I know what you mean. But Barrow on a Tuesday night would be quite decent, though, wouldn't it? Would you go up there on Tuesday? Barrow, I can't yeah, imagine. Stay up in Barrow. I've been. Have you been, <laughs> no. have you been to Barrow? Have you have you been to Barrow? Oh, they've got the worst Christmas tree I've ever seen up there. It was unbelievable. It's like mud, just a mud triangle but uh yeah anyway we've gone off Crawley but uh yeah I just yeah we've got to beat Crawley they're not very good 
we can't finish below 15th now. We can't. We If we do this, questions are. And as I said to you before, is it a massive game for not just us and the, the players? I think it's massive for Johnny Jackson. I think if, if we lose on Saturday, I, I he has to lose his job. Has to, unfortunately. Yeah, it's going to be a tough decision if, if we lose, I think. Um, I, the, to me, there's a couple of things here. I do not want to be a club that fires managers every year. It's a very expensive business and it's, uh, you know, but we need to see that there's some sort of plan that we're going to stick. If we are sticking with him, we go, I mean, we can't fire him for playing boring football because he was fired by Charlton for playing boring football. You can't hire him knowing he plays boring football and then go, oh, you play boring football, you're off. But <laughs> results um, are what counts. And the PLC minutes from May said, Promotion Johnny Jackson's aware of the budget, promotion slash playoffs is expected. So we've fallen well short of that. Um, I don't think you can say, oh, but we lost AU. But I think he was like he was like a cheat code, wasn't he, in this division? Not many clubs, if any, have a one million pound live wire sort of attacker like that. So yeah, we enjoyed him while we lost, and you know, we could put 10 men behind the ball and still get a result whenever, not concede, maybe get a one-nil, whatever. Um it's I'd like to see that, that here there's a plan and that's why I said maybe we played the youth and say this is our plan we're building for next year this is our man Johnny Craig Cope comes out says I'm here the recruitment is going to be seamless but the good thing in favour of the club now we have Craig Cope is that we don't have to do what we've always done which is sack a manager start rip everything up start again because we've got that consistency and that's, it- I think that's a very important role when we're making the decision like this. Yeah, and that's why I think we can possibly sack Johnny Jackson because we have the stuff in the background now. So what I don't agree with is that Craig Cope is on the same level as Johnny Jackson, it seems, where Craig Cope should be above Johnny Jackson uh, and Johnny Jackson, you know what I mean? But that doesn't seem to be the case. But I'm not one... You said you're not one of these people that think, oh, we should sack a manager every year. I think we should sack a manager if he's not performed and not done well and Johnny Jackson is not doing that. And also, I think we should then look beyond Johnny Jackson and think, well, who employed him? Who was on this football panel that said, yep, we should get him? Because as you said, he was boring at Charlton. He didn't set the the world alight at Charlton. You speak to Charlton fans, they're like, oh, good luck. Do you know what I mean? He does, his interviews are are shocking. Uh, And yeah, I think if he gets sacked, then you've got to look beyond him and look at possibly Mike Buckley, if it was his decision or, do you know what I mean? Who who was on the football panel and maybe don't employ them again. Because, yeah, it's one bad decision after another with the managers at the moment. And this is what happens when you keep employing inexperienced managers. And people say, oh, we haven't got the money to get experience. Don't believe that either, because Johnny Jackson wouldn't have been cheap. Do you know what I mean? He came from Charlton. He'll say he was sacked by Charlton when he was doing an okay job there because the chairman wanted to bring in his own man. So, yeah, I just think if we lose on Saturday to Crawley, possibly even draw, depending on how we play, could be Johnny Jackson's last game in charge of Wimbledon. It could. I, I mean, I think. How do you rate a manager? I wouldn't. I wouldn't sack someone for being dull in interviews. By the way, I think. It's, I don't know if you. It's, it's it's everything it. though. It's everything about it. Do you know what I mean? So if he was exciting in interviews, if he was like Gareth Ainsworth in interviews, you probably give him a little bit of due because you think right, he's going to have them playing. But at the moment, we're awful on the pitch. He's awful off the pitch. Do you know what I mean? It's it's a combination of everything rolled into one for me at the moment. I think I think it's I think how do you judge a manager? I don't know what their targets are. I think the PLC target was promotion slash playoffs. Is Johnny Jackson said promotion. Yeah, so so we could judge against that. What else are we judging against? For me, I or I always think of a manager 
if they get a group of players and they make them play better than the sum of their parts, if they make that, they get a tune out of that team. Even if you've got the lowest budget in the league, which we've, as Wimbledon fans, have had in the past, and we've had managers who've got a tune out of them, and they've outperformed the budget. And I think that's what that's all you can ask for. If you've got a manager doing that, if you're getting your second from bottom because you've got a terrible budget, but you're doing a bit better than those players should deserve to it almost, he's getting that out of them, then I think you stick with that man. I don't know if we've seen that because I think we've got some good players. And um, I think we've, some of them, we've worn into the ground. Um, uh, yeah. Because I don't think have performed as they could and should. I think, again, we've we talked earlier about um, Little. And I think he's a good player and he's done okay. And he's done seven out of 10 every game. But, you know, you want to see him striking the ball, having shots and stuff and getting eight or nine out of 10 every now and then. Um, I, I, for me, like I said, if we lose or draw against Crawley, you've got to look at then Johnny Jackson's decision to play Ali on the right against Doncaster. And you're thinking, <laughs> wait a minute, you, he's just scored five and six, wherever it is, or he scored four and five before that. And you put him on the wing, it's just mad. It's just that thing, making subs in the 85th and 89th minute when you're losing 2-1. Uh, it's just things like that. You just think, what are you doing? And this is what I mean. Saturday, is, I think, is huge for him because he makes the wrong kind of decision or, he, you know what I mean, he, he just doesn't look like he cares. We lose to Crawley. or he, As I said, I think even a draw to Crawley on Saturday is a bad result. And, and yeah, we have to look. What, what's your predictions on Saturday? What are you predicting for a scoreline? <laughs> Other than we'll go ahead and lose. 2-1 um, <laughs> <Two> <laughs> Crawley, 1-1. I think, I think we've got to beat them and I think I've got to believe that we will. I mean, you know, I'll be there and uh, in the end, you know, expecting a win. And ugh, I don't know what team we're going to put out. So there's that. But I've got to believe that we will beat Crawley or I'm really worried. Yeah, really. I I can't pick a team at the moment because I don't know who's going to be injured or not. And it looks like we are on bare bones. But I'm, I'm going to go for a 3-1 Wimbledon win because, as we said earlier, Doncaster were awful, scored. Newport were awful, we scored. Crawley are worse than any of them teams. And yeah, we should be looking to get at them. But then again, we've got told we were going to be getting at them for the last 12 games and we don't look like we've got out of bed yet. So hopefully a 3-1 win uh, and we'll be discussing next week, hopefully how good it's done. Yeah, yeah, hopefully a 3-1 win, Graham. I think that's bold. I'll go 1-0. I think well, I, I, yeah, I just, hopefully we'll beat them and that's it. But Graham... It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks very much for coming on and, and talking about your time on the Don's Trust board. And yeah, it's been good chatting to you, mate. My pleasure. Thanks very much for uh, having me. Cheers. Thank you. Well, we'll be back on Sunday. Hopefully we are going to be having a special guest on the debrief on Sunday. Uh, Q&A. I'm not going to confirm yet because I'm waiting for it to be confirmed. But yeah, we're going to have a Q&A on the Sunday debrief. Hopefully this Sunday. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, Season Master, uh, Bifold Doors and Secretary Glazing, Gary Fletcher and the boys. And uh, yeah, Graham, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Uh, we'll be back next week. Hopefully Danny will be back. Uh, yeah. And come on, you dons. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Wombles Had a Dream podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Wombles Dream and on Facebook at the Wombles Had a Dream. Get involved. By the fans, for the fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talksport Fan Network. Talksport, powered by fans.